where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we're going to be looking at episode 20 of season three, If Ever I Would Leave You. I'm John. And I'm James. And this is a really nice episode. It is a Tortelli themed one, which means the return of Dan Hedaya and also Jean Kassam. It aired on the 28th of February, 1985. And this one's written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs, which means we know it's going to be a good episode. There's some of our favourites, Ken Levine and David Isaacs, not just for Cheers, but for the other work they've done as well. MASH, they were showrunners for years. Cheers, exceptional writers. So we're looking forward to this episode. Well, I guess, should we give me the cold opening, James? I think we should. So this uh, cold opening is sort of an explanation of where Coach is again. He's gone to visit his sister. And they kind of talk a little bit about his journey to get there, I think. I'm sensing we get a map out and, you know, connect it with string and pins and whatnot. There's a lot back and forth. Yeah. His sister lives in Minnesota. And she was going to pick him up at the airport, but she thought that he meant Boston Airport. But he did mean Boston Airport. But long story short, he's went to visit some relatives. And then they drove on to St. Paul... And someone says, I thought she lived in Duluth. And he was like, yeah, but they don't like the food in Duluth. Actually, Coach will probably be back before I could explain this to you. Another aspect of the cold open is that Frasier and Diane are going to see the sorrow and the pity at the Human Brutality Film Festival, because that sounds lovely. (laughs) (laughs) This is weird dates, but you know. I'd rather just go to uh, have lunch at an airport. (laughs) Any airport. No, not JFK. I've had lunch at JFK. It's not great. Probably better than the sorrow and the pity. That's a nice little cold opening before we get into the main episode. And as we get into the main episode, we get the return of Nick Tortelli. And uh, I had to double take, James, because he seemed to be following your sort of fashion style. He had a blue check shirt and some like light brown chinos. (laughs) I'm I'm looking like James. (laughs) He talks about me and now I must wear like him. So that was my first impression. But what that does mean is he's he's out of his usual clothes. Yeah. We go to the same shop, do me and Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally Sam stops by. <laughs> or we have a great time. And then we go to the airport to have lunch. But the reason why Nick is coming to the, the gang at Cheers, which has said many times the gang at Cheers, is because Loretta is divorcing him. And they signed a prenup and she's getting everything. So Nick's kind of on his down and out. He's got nothing going for him. And the thing that he's drawn to is Carla and the people at Cheers. And he thinks he's going to get some kind of sanctuary there, some kind of help. Yeah. And they're all like, no, Nick, we can't give you money or anything. And this sets up Nick's almost redemptive arc. Yeah. To prove himself. Yeah. So uh, no, nobody gives him sort of the time or day apart from Sam, who Nick kind of grovels and begs a little bit and says just any kind of work. And then Sam says he can sweep the floor and like do some cleaning, which Nick takes and starts his role as a sort of handyman of Cheers. Cheers cleaner. Got Cheers lawyers. You got Cheers shrinks, Cheers mailmen, Cheers accountants. When Carla and Fraser are talking to Nick, uh, Fraser says, we might have missed the sorrow, but we might be able to catch the pity still. Yes. Clever. Uh, Fraser and Nick had a met before, though, and Diane introduces Nick to Fraser as Nick Tortelli. This is someone with whom you have absolutely nothing in common. <laughs> My paramour, Doctor Fraser Crane. Uh, Doctor, what? Can you get any pills? <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist. Uh, have we met? Uh, you wouldn't by any chance be the bogus missing link exhibited at the Amsterdam World's Fair? <laughs> no, but you're not the first person who asked me. <laughs> 
I wish I had done something like that. Maybe my life would be worth something. We see in this episode, like you said, Nick sort of goes on a sort of redemption arc and he starts acting, you know, quite well. But there's something which doesn't sit quite... Like, he asks for Carla back and Carla says no, which I think is, you know, fair enough. But then when he starts redeeming himself, everyone goes, ah, oh, Carl, you should take him back. And I don't get why. He hasn't proved himself to be a good romantic partner, just proves that he can clean. But even then, like, even if he has changed, it doesn't mean she has to take it back. But everyone seems to be pushing it. Yeah, look, Carla, he's cleaning. You should get back with him because he's cleaning. I found that weird. I also found it a bit off that he kept calling Carla Miss Carla. It was a bit weird. That reminded me of you as well, Chips. <laughs> so what John is saying is that if I'm any character in Cheers, I'm Nick, but only in this episode. When he's on his redemption arc. Yeah, which is slightly better than regular Nick. It's just making me think of what, what were you like a couple of years ago, Jibs? <laughs> Use TV sales shop. I had a big tattoo of a panther hidden on... This could go down a very strange route. Yeah, we'll, we'll step out of this conversation and back into the episode. We've seen Nick sort of become a bit redeemed a little bit along the way of the episode. Adamant that he wants Carla back. Carla doesn't really believe him. So she does like a little bit of a test. Was this the phone call? Yeah, yeah. So she does an impression of Loretta on the phone. Nick, this is Loretta. I've been getting some of those old feelings again, Daddy. I think we should get together and talk. I'm at the Baldwin Hotel. How soon do you think you can come up? I gotta get some cigarettes. You don't smoke. Uh, I'm gonna start. I heard good things. Then he stops and pauses and realises that he doesn't want to be with Loretta. And he tells Carla. And he kind of passes the test, I guess you'd say. Then Loretta actually comes into the bar. She does. She greets him. This may not be this scene, but within the episode, she does greet him after he started this cleaning job as, Pardon me, come on, scrub person. Is there a Nick Tortelli here? On my end, I thought there was another person in the room with you there, James. <laughs> and there's a good impression. Because we obviously sound very different. I thought it was all right. But yeah, Loretta turns up and she says that she wants Nick back. And Nick again says, nah, because he's Adam and Carla's the one for him. And after he turns down Loretta, people have a chat with Carla again and say, you know, you should be with Nick. And then Carla gives him. And Nick goes, boy, ooh, that last test was so hard. And then everyone goes, oh, no. <laughs> Carla says it wasn't a test and Nick fakes a heart attack. What's the matter? Uh, I don't know. So, uh, 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 something weird, Carla. Yeah. Uh, I can't control my body. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm going to find a cure for this uh, if it kills me. Uh, goodbye, Carla. I, I, I love you. Loretta! <laughs> I don't think there's much of a B-plot in this either. Not really, but there are some great asides, like side conversations, which come up from this A-plot. For example, Loretta's confession to Nick that she wants to get back with him. Well, this isn't easy to say, and I don't know what song it's from, but there's a line in some song that goes, I've got you under my skin. <laughs> I've got you under my skin, Loretta. What? Oh no, this is going to complicate things. No, no, I was just telling you the name of the song. Possible song for our playlist as well. There's another Sinatra one again, isn't it? Mm. But then the end of the episode is almost uh, after 
Nix faked some kind of seizure and ran away. Uh, Diane talks to Carla and kind of says, ah, the real victory is, is you for, you know. And Carl's kind of fuming at everyone who kept pushing her towards Nick. That's kind of the end. Yeah, that's the end of that storyline. But there's a great bit where Carla points at everyone and goes, you're all ignorant. <laughs> Quite a good statement. If I ever get into, you know, arguments on the internet with strangers because, you know, they don't like cheers, I send them that as a gift. <laughs> you're all ignorant. I'm excited to see you use that. And it's quite a bittersweet ending because they say to Carla, you stayed strong and you came out on top, but this is your day, Carla. Rejoice. And she goes, yeah, except now I love the monkey more than I ever did. They keep referring to Nick as a monkey throughout. It's just a thing. But yeah, quite sad. It is quite sad. I think uh, I think Carla's probably one of the more human characters, if you know what I mean. I definitely think so. Goes into an interesting monologue of sorts by Diane. And she says, Listen to me. What you're feeling right now for Nick, every woman has felt it sometime. At one time or another, we all fall for some guy that we know isn't good for us. We, we need excitement. We need a walk on the wild side. I know whereof I speak. Believe it or not, there are times I'm irresistibly drawn to that damn Sam. Or I. Samurai. Frasier Crane. <laughs> Warrior of love. That's what I call him. Samurai Frasier Crane. Good recovery on down there. A nice way to end it. Shows that everyone's human. Everyone's got weaknesses, I guess. Before the trivia inevitably arrives, there's a couple of little things we want to say about the episode. Uh, the first being that the title is the title of a song from the Lerner and Lau musical Camelot. And the song was originally sung by Robert Goulet. Camelot was originally performed on Broadway and it opened on the Majestic Theatre in New York on 3rd of December in 1960 and ran for 873 performances. For say, I thought you said years. <laughs> 873 years. <laughs> Robert Goulet is singer, actor, quite often played himself. One of the most memorable performances of his, to me, was a guest spot in the sitcom Two Guys, A Girl in a Pizza Place, which brought Ryan Reynolds to fame, where it's a New Year's Eve party and he hogs the karaoke machine. <laughs> I thought I'd mentioned Robert Goulet because he is veteran singer, actor, and has been in quite a few shows. Two Guys, A Girl in a Pizza Place set on or near the same street that Cheers is set on. Okay. Cheers set on Beacon Hill, Two Guys a Girl, and a piece of place set on Beacon Street, both in Boston. It's all connected, James. It's all connected. It is all connected. We should also talk about the other guests, uh, who are Steve Ginelli as Steve, and Al Rosen as Al. Hey, Al. How could he not be for this one with a Sinatra reference? Exactly. Steve was the only one in the bar, by the way, who didn't want Carl and Nick to get back. But for other reasons. Steve thinks that Carla isn't good enough for Nick. Well, Steve's wrong. Steve's just playing devil's advocate. Just calm down, Steve. Do you want to kick it off with some questions, James? What does Nick suggest to Carla as a romantic date to get back into the tradition of how things were when they were happy together, if they ever were happy together, but the days of old? Oh, I don't know. 
He says they go to White Castle, get some burgers, and watch the wrestling. I do remember now. <laughs> In this episode, Fraser learns that Cliff is still living at home with his mother. But Cliff responds in quite a whimsical way. What does he say? Uh, I got my own hot plate. I got my own room. What do you think of that? Yeah, almost perfect. He just says, uh, you want to read something sicko into that? Quite defensively, which I found quite funny. Another one about Nick. He confesses to Sam that he signed a prenup, but what was his reason for signing a prenup? Just to, to get married quickly. That's possibly a side effect. He cites that his reason for signing a prenup was because he was up to his eyeballs in a moray that night. Ah. Uh-huh. Which I guess is romantic, maybe. The Italian word for love is in there. Mm. Oh, well. Classic Nick. Or as you're calling him in this episode, James. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's uncanny. My next question was around what route did Coach take to get to his sister's house? Boston Airport. Mm-hmm. St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And then I assume eventually Duluth. Yeah. Bang on. What does a Tortelli family day at the zoo consist of? White Castle burgers and watching wrestling? No, this, this one's definitely worse. <laughs> this one would certainly get them arrested. Why? <laughs> it is slapping the animals. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit worse. Is that their day at the zoo then? Slapping the animals? They slapped the animals when they went to the zoo, is brought up in conversation. Well, I'll hopefully move this on to a slightly more positive question. In this episode, Loretta is starting her new career into the music and sort of performance industry. What has she got a part in? Or what group is she joining? Ah, uh, yes. This is how the divorce happened, because she felt that Nick wasn't supporting her. It's the grinning Americans. Correct. Because after their fight, she goes, well, this is one American who won't be grinning. <laughs> the wholesome young people who wear pullover sweaters and sing patriotic songs. Cliff loves them. Yeah, he watched them back in the day when he... Oh, he still does. <laughs> he watched them with, with his mum yesterday. <laughs> what else has Nick done in the intervening three weeks since he started working at Cheers? Freshened up. He had a shower. He shaved. I would hope so, but that's not the answer. He rented a room with a sink, joined the Young Men's Christian Support Group, and he's teaching himself to play the harmonica. According to Carla, he's also clipped his fingernails and talked about subscribing to a magazine. I'm, I'm upset that we didn't see the harmonica come on. Do you know what the Young Men's Christian Support Group is more commonly known as? The YMCA. You're correct, John. The YMCA. That may be another song. Maybe, maybe not. Check out the the playlist, guys, and find out if it made the list. That's the last call at the bar, James. I don't know if we've got a drink after this episode. Don't know if we have a drink, but we can certainly have a burger and watch the wrestling. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. So, you know, as we get our, our White Castle burgers, I would like to, you know, raise the burgers in the air to the grinning Americans, to Carla. Why should we uh, raise it to you, James? The food at St. Paul's, well, just airport food. Airport food? Uh, Sinatra, obviously. Sinatra and hot plates. So what should we say, James? Should we say, yeah, cheers? I think we should. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast. Mm-hmm.